Welcome to First Impressions. I'm Spencer. This week we're talking about salamanders, secrets, and students. Don't make me say that again. I am Belinda, and I'm drinking Brigham 36 rum in, I don't not honor, in your mouth? but like, but like dishonor of my ancestry, the Brigham Young. <laughs> I'm Kevin. I'm and Kevin. I am Will. Yeah. So oh. what are you drinking today, Kevin? Yeah. Uh, today we're drinking rum. Uh, we've done a rum cocktail a little bit ago. Yeah, the winter cocktail. That's right. That's right. Um, we so our previous rum cocktail wasn't really a, a classic cocktail. Usually, when you think of rum, you think uh, mojito, or you think uh, Cuba Libre, or you think um, which, by the way, a Cuba Libre is just Coke and rum, maybe a squeeze of lime, but um, but. Um, so the winter cocktail is definitely not uh, a classic cocktail. And the cocktail today uh, we are doing is also not a classic. So we'll have to get to the classics one of these times. But uh, we did do an old fashioned. That's classic. Yeah, old but that wasn't rum. Yes. I'm just saying the rum ones. Oh, the classic rum. Got gotcha, you. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Uh, today I am using uh, silver rum, uh, a clear rum uh, made by Sugar House Distillery here in Utah. So thanks nice. to them. Um, what are you drinking, Spencer? Which rum? I'm using Ren. If you don't have the bottle here with me, but that's oh, okay. uh, it's a Jamaican uh, rum. I love it. It's overproof, so it fucks you up real fast. Yeah, mm. yeah we like that. Yeah. It's got the funk, right, Kevin? It's got that <laughs> funk. It's got that Jamaican funk. That Jamaican <laughs> won't, funk. Won't you take me to that funky rum? Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, no, I, I love Ray and Nephew. What What about you, Belinda? What are you drinking? I have. I think it's it's done to uh, what is this? I don't even know where it's from. Is it the Brigham? Is it Brigham oh, just, rum? It's the Brigham rum yeah. for oh, my notorious ancestors. Brigham Brigham rum. I love that. Yeah, Brigham yeah. Brigham rum rum. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of which, we're gonna get into him and uh, his associates uh, a little later. But, well, um, I'm I'm drinking. Will, this. What about you? The oh, Antelope Island. Island. Yeah. Which I actually saw is distilled by Dented Brick, which I oh okay. I like the Antelope Island rum a lot better than I like their kind of standard Dented Brick rum. Really? Yeah. See, I it, we were talking a little bit before the show, but I haven't really gotten into like different types of rums, where they come from, uh, flavor profiles, things like that. I've, you know, I think everyone, well, not everyone. It's almost a rite of passage as an ex-Mormon or a new drinker to try the Kraken. That's a rum, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> that spiced rum, yeah. Spice, release the Kraken. Um, so I've had spiced rum, dark rum, and then as far as light or white rum, silver, I guess, uh, just Ray Nephew and Dented Brick, I think. Oh, Bacardi, of course. Bacardi, Bacardi. Uh, and here in Utah, we don't generally have a, I feel like I say this every week because I do. We don't generally have a good selection of insert liquor here, um, <laughs> but rum that applies to. We have a lot of Bacardis, a lot of variety of Bacardi. Yeah. And uh, depending on the liquor store you go to, you might get a little more. But I'm happy to see now that we're getting more and more local distilleries here in Utah, 
um, the options are becoming a little better. I feel like um, Malibu is a staple here. <laughs> true. Malibu yeah. coconut rum. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing about rum, the thing I love about rum, and I think I did mention this a little bit in our last rum episode, um, it's it's thought of as this kind of American classic alcohol, which it is. Um, but it was, we don't really know where it was started, where it was invented, um, but likely um, in Barbados. And Barbados certainly claims that they are the inventors of Rome, uh, but we don't really have any historical documentation to be able to, to prove that. Um, but certainly the Caribbean is um, kind of where it got its start. And uh, the really cool thing um, is it was basically created using a, a waste product, something that was literally just being tossed into the sea or uh, the garbage. They probably didn't really have garbage cans back then, but um, <laughs> the street. But but yeah, they do. They would just toss it. They were making sugarcane-based products to be able to ship off and making a shit ton of money. By the way, the now would they would the they have used were, by the way, would they have used the mash or the uh, uh, molasses? Yeah, it's the molasses, basically, which was the the byproduct of making the the sugarcane syrup, um, and they were just tossing that stuff. And then some smart person was like, "Wait a minute, this you know, there's not as much sugar content in this, but there's enough to naturally bring the yeast in and let it start doing its thing to ferment." And then we got rum, and you know, obviously back then. The rum did not taste delicious in any way, shape, or form from, from all accounts that we can tell. It was made in a crude pot still uh, with, you know, literal garbage um, that was being thrown away, uh, but it got the job done, and that's what mattered. So uh, I'm not going to bore everyone with the long, long history of rum because- Fun uh, fact, I, though, I yeah. grew up next to a sugarcane field. Oh. And when the harvest was ready to, uh, you know, be reaped or whatever, they would light it on fire. Yeah. Really? So the what? whole field, yes, the whole Why? field would be ablaze. So they do that to take care of, uh, I think it was to preserve the sugar, the cane, sugar cane, but also it got rid of uh, like snakes and other critters that might be in the field. So then they would just go harvest after. Go in but, immediately and harvest. Yeah, but they were just, that's got to be quite the sight oh, to it was see, incredible. right? It was the whole incredible. thing on fire. The whole field. Incredible. I, the only reason I know a little bit about that is from the classic 80s movie, North Shore, ah. which I'm, I'm certain none of you have probably seen. And when I say classic, I mean classic to me and my brother. Um, is <laughs> a, a really, really poorly done um, in terms of acting and writing surfer, surfing movie. Um but they, yeah, one night they were sneaking into the sugar fields and uh, they were lighting them on fire. And I never knew why um, they were lighting them on fire until you just said that. And yeah, it's, like, incre it's incredible oh. to see. That's and the, why the Rick smell. from North Shore was in a fire. Yeah. And the smell what in it? the air is just like this rich uh, caramelized sugar smell. Oh, that yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's hard to even explain. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. No, the, the colonizers initially tried planting uh, a lot of tobacco in the, the Caribbean or Caribbean, as it might be, however you like to say it. Caribbean. Um, and uh, tobacco did not grow especially well there. Huh. Um, so um, 
And, and that also reminds me, there are kind of two styles of rum, uh, kind of the British style and then the French style, because those were the colonizers um, there in the Caribbean. Um, and um, so before I get too deep down the historical rabbit hole, <laughs> there's a wide variety of rum out there, not so much in Utah, but I encourage you to, uh, any of our listeners or any of you, uh, to read or watch YouTube videos or uh, do some things. So if you happen to be in a place where there is more variety, you can make some informed decisions. Uh, I will say very briefly, um, and this is a generic statement. It's not, it doesn't always hold true, um, but often the difference between the dark and the light rums is just barrel aging. Um, oh. and, uh, again, it doesn't always hold true, but often the older rums uh, will be darker. Now, when we're talking things like Kraken, which is like almost a black color, right? It's like very dark. I think that's probably artificial coloring <gasps> and whatnot. But for a lot of rums, the the aging, uh, the, the length of time spent in barrels um, is what, what lends it its color, which, which holds true for most spirits. But. Okay. What's All in right, our drink? So, so today in our podcast, we're going to be talking about some interesting things. Yeah, it's been an interesting week. And yeah, always is. <laughs> and, well, and like a lot of what we've talked about in mm. all of our episodes so far is tied to um, politics and what's going on kind of in the, na the United States here. Um, we're going to get a little closer to home today. We're going to stick right around Utah for a lot of what we talk about. Um, so we decided to come up with uh, a couple versions of uh, a cocktail name that uh, was suggested to us called the White Salamander. Shout out to Claire for the suggestion, actually. <laughs> there we go. Yep. Nice. So um, so let's get started. So Spencer and I both came up with, well, we, we started with a recipe that was a white cocktail because we were right. like, white cocktail like what do we make is it vodka on the rocks or what and this will um, all make sense in a minute about the white cocktail it will if, yeah yeah so we're if, making and, a white cocktail today but it all makes if sense you, if you haven't already said um if, if you haven't already realized what we're talking about and why we called it the white salamander hold on to your hats we'll be there momentarily but uh, for my cocktail, I'll run it through it really quick, and then Spencer can run through his. Uh, I've got an ounce and a half of the silver rum, an ounce of coconut water, just out of a can. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about coconut water, so um, I'm not sure it matters which brand you use. Um, and then I made a coconut water syrup using equal parts coconut water and sugar. But I also threw in uh, a cinnamon stick and some cloves um, because I was making mine a little more tropical and just wanted to add some of those spices that you often get in tiki drinks or whatnot. Um, so I, ma I made that simple syrup. Um, so an ounce of that simple syrup, a half an ounce of lime juice, and a half an ounce of pineapple juice. And then the most important ingredient, two drops of Mormon tears. Yes. Um, that's what that's what truly accentuates the whiteness of the cocktail so um yeah that's what i have here While I for, shake, oh go ahead so i've actually already um put the ingredients in my shaker i haven't put ice in or anything yet 
And while I shake mine up, Spencer's already shaking his, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say, talk about his, yeah. I was going to say, instead of uh, Mormon tears, I, I filled mine with lies instead of lime juice. So <laughs> oh, I, figured, nice. I figured it'd be a nice. Mormon tears and lies. And that's, lies. that's actually very fitting. Yeah, um, yeah. And by the way, when I say Mormon tears, I, it is a real ingredient. I just mean salt or some <laughs> sal saline. Um, but, uh, you know, I you mean I had to? Those Mormon tears are I had to go make my parents cry for nothing. Oh, I oh. hope you didn't. Oh. Sunday you dinner didn't must have been fun <laughs> today. Love you, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> so All for right, mine, I'm I used I used an ounce of coconut milk syrup. So what I did is I got uh, coconut milk. You can buy it in a can for about a buck, um, and then I combined that with some simple syrup and a couple drops of uh, coconut extract. Added a little coconut water to dilute, about half an ounce. Um, if you want, you can add, if you like a sweet cocktail, you can add even more simple syrup. I did about three quarter ounce of lime juice. And then depending on how fucked up you want to get, <laughs> one to two mm -hmm. ounces of rum. So I made a, I made one for Kevin as a, as a test earlier. And I think I poured a little heavy for him. <laughs> it was it was very delicious very delicious and, so uh, yeah. so yeah and then just just shake that up in your boston shaker you can do a wet shake or dry shake first and then wet um i did it both ways it didn't make a big difference for me and then you can garnish that with a lime peel or a mint leaf if you'd like my syrup i made with uh coconut water and sugar and then just a tiny little droplet of rose water and some nutmeg and it was pretty good. Ooh. I haven't tried this drink yet. So I heard lots of mixed reviews from you guys when you were testing this. So I don't know how it's gonna I mean, it, it was refreshing. It was refreshing, but I wanted I wanted the coconut to just punch me in the face. So right. that's why I went all in. I actually like the idea of the coconut milk syrup. That's something we've made before. Super, super delicious. So for Kevin, for your the recipe that you're using, how many how much uh, rum did you say? Ounce and a half. Ounce and a half. Now I, I made a double because uh, I like a double. Um, plus I decided to put mine in a tall glass here. That's cute. Um, garnish with a little, it's not holding up very well, but a little um, pineapple leaf and lime. And then I've got my nice green tiki straw here. Mm, very fun. So there you go. Uh, a glass full of white and delightsome saltiness. So yeah, this one, this one comes out nice and nice and cream, creamy. Oh, that's oh. beautiful. His I is, love that. Wow. His is not not mixed. It's pure white. Yeah, it's pure white. White and delightsome. Very, Very intense though. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. How's that coconut flavor coming through? Really good. <laughs> Turns out lime works very well with coconut. Yeah. It was like the lime and the coconut, coconut. Exactly. you know, the song, right? That's true. So, That's Will, true. are you doing uh, Belinda's recipe? I, so what I'm doing is making uh, some shit up. I'm kind of making some shit up, honestly. Okay. It's Perfect. all good. I, I, I'm trying to follow Kevin's, but I was too hungover this morning <laughs> to actually make the coconut syrup. So I'm just, I'm just sticking in with, with uh, just simple syrup. I'm going to put some coconut, some lime, some rum. And hopefully it doesn't taste bad. Sure it won't. Was last night when we were talking really late or the no, night that before? Was Friday. That was Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, it definitely went into yesterday, but technically, yeah. yeah. That's true. Technically. Yes. Technically. No, Belinda, like Belinda kept on jumping in. 
that, that's true. But we would all talk, and then uh, Belinda would leave for an hour, and then come back and be like, "Oh, you guys are still here multiple yeah. times." Yeah. <laughs> to be to be fair, she had her her children there, and they needed some attention. So, uh, well, for context yeah. for our listeners, we do a little pre-show call during the week, uh, kind of talk. I was too tired. I was just like, I I cannot do this. Anyhow, these are the three stayed up till what 3 a.m i heard like two in the morning something it was <laughs> yeah, ridiculous it was like five, five hour five hour chat <laughs> it was hilarious yeah it was, it was we fun. recorded parts of it so we'll have to see if we can clip some of that and send it to yeah it was uh, it was intense we were all over it was place, an event so. yeah this is a good cocktail i would i would describe it as medium thick medium <laughs> thick for sure <laughs> all girls like that medium thick drink <laughs> No, I actually really like it. No, it's good. I'm. It's got the perfect amount of coconut. I. Kevin said that he has pineapple in his, and I'm not a big pina colada person, so I have pineapple here. Didn't add it, it but I like really it the way it is. Doesn't really taste like a pina colada, but yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it's a half ounce of pineapple. Right. So. Just, uh, the main reason I added the pineapple was actually for the foam. Uh, we talked about oh, that gotcha. in the last in episode. Yeah. yeah, you can use egg whites to create a foam on top of your cocktail, or pineapple, or Bean juice, bean juice, yeah, bean from juice. garbanzo beans. Yeah. So, do I do I serve this on ice or is it not an ice? You you can do what you want, Will. All right. Like Kevin said last show, he feels like what was it? A, a father? A proud or, a, papa. Yeah. <laughs> watching their their child grow Big up. Big papa. <laughs> Big papa. Yeah. Grand, follow your heart. Papa, well. Putting right. grand marinade in, in margaritas. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I see, I see what he has. He has Cointreau, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we are so making you- white. We are making white salamanders. We just made this up. We'll post all the recipes and variations. But uh, more importantly, there was a, a premiere of a docu series. True crime. What is it? Uh, like just docu series. Yeah. yeah. I- three episodes. About three. So three hours. Yeah, related total, right? to Mormonism. So I I don't feel equipped to tell the full story, but I'll try and summarize a little bit. So a long time ago in a state far, far away or close to home, (laughs) there was a man named Mark Hoffman. And Mark Hoffman, who happens to be in jail now, which is interesting for the rest of his life. And by the way, the time period we're talking about, he was a young man. He was like in his 20s. And this was in the 80s, right? Like 83, 85, when the shit went down. Anyhow, he he grew up here in Utah and had a very interesting life, colorful life, you might say, at least as far as circumventing circumventing uh you know uh, legal processes and trying to figure out creative ways and i will say he is hella fucking creative but finding creative ways to forge things and to create realities and present things in a way that uh were were almost believable and people went along with it so so i don't i don't think we've said the name of the docuseries yet so oh that's who- right who don't haven't watched it yet uh what's it called again murder, murder among, among the mormons yeah. oh that's right murder among the mormons so yes murder well, yes it didn't start out murderous but it got to that point right yeah it did get to that point uh and it, in the first man, there's even. there's so much to talk about i don't know where to be good but uh, I know. the the short version of this and then we'll get into each of these phases is mark hoffman began forging things a variety of documents that related to the Mormon church, but also historical in nature, right? Yeah. Historical documents. So he would present 
uh, piece of paper that looked like it was written by these historical figures. Uh, people would analyze and decide that, yeah, this is authentic and pay him shit tons of money for these documents. So he saw an opportunity to uh, present these documents to the LDS church, that's the Mormon church here in Utah. And they went along with it. One of the documents purported to be a salamander letter, which is where the, the name of the drink comes from, where Joseph Smith, who is the founder of Mormonism, essentially, uh, admitted that a salamander led him to the plates. Is that correct? To the golden plates. So the real origin story of the Mormon church is that Joseph Smith was visited by an angel who told him where the gold plates were. Well, in that salamander letter, he says it wasn't an angel. It was an like a spirit in the form of a white salamander that crawled around and showed him where the golden plates were. And the golden plates became the, the scripture that Mormonism is, you know. And honestly, honestly, it's just a cooler story. It's I agree. It is a cooler really story. So the, Chasing the, lizards through the forest. So right? the Mormon church believes this. I, I couldn't, I wasn't sure in the documentary if they said they actually paid him for that letter specifically and if it was on the order of 300,000 no, or something no, no. Like so, that. so the salamander letter, um, one of the people that was interviewed um, bought it. I think it was the the, bought, the guy and then donated it to the church. That's uh, the guy who so died, Steve Christensen. What's unclear, what's unclear is whether or not the Mormon church paid him to be the intermediary or there's a lot that's unclear in in terms of the docu series. There's a lot that's unclear about the church and its role um, that is fascinating and there a lot of speculation could be made about those things right and by speculation i mean it's definitely fucking true and the mormon church hit it but um, so yes people in the story died there are pipe bombs uh that that took the life of it was two people here in the valley yeah. i'm doing a terrible job telling the story yeah. <laughs> but two people died uh mark hoffman was implicated and then uh incarcerated right so after well that all happened after he put it's again it's unclear whether it was on purpose or it was accidental but a bomb went off in his car and um, the bomb did hurt it hurt Hoffman. him but it, it didn't kill him yeah. yeah and there's speculation people think it went off accidentally i'm more of the camp that i think he probably based on how they described the other bombs this bomb was not nearly as powerful no. or big there's no way he could have yeah. survived if it was the equivalent of two sticks of dynamite in a tiny little toyota mr2 mm. um in my right. in my opinion i'm not a bomb expert or a salamander expert so <laughs> i don't know for sure but uh it seems pretty clear based on what the the police and the prosecutor from the case in the docuseries were saying if that bomb had been like the other bombs there's no way his car would have been mostly intact and i think right. i think what happened is he knew they were catching on and by they i mean probably the mormon church probably the authorities and i think he had over promised and was about to under deliver on his next forgery forgery situation that he was trying to sell to the church right. for like three or four hundred thousand dollars something like that which 
is probably the equivalent today of almost a million dollars, right? And so miraculously, um, the thing he was supposed to deliver that he had uh, to sell to the Mormon church was blown up and burnt in the in the uh bombing so it just you know it just happened to kind of save his ass um that that the bomb went off in his car so i guess that's definitely need a spoiler alert on this episode right that's the gist of the story but i i i was not super familiar with this incident you know having grown up in the mormon church it's not something that's talked about you're much. young though. for You're good reason i mean i would have I been mean, i would have been three or four at the time i was 13 right i think so yeah yeah i was five and like so this is something we kind of knew was a thing uh growing up uh didn't know much about it the documentary was very enlightening um and I think little is said about it if you're LDS because it has to do with documents that um, the church found incriminating to their theology, and so they tried to cover them up. Um, and that's the whole gist of why we don't we didn't really hear a lot about it growing up. Uh, they're like, oh yes, you know, somebody died, this bad man, this murderer, and he is—he's a terrible person. He's like a sociopath, a terrible, awful person. Uh, not well, to glamorize still alive, him. Though. You're, you're talking about is. Gordon B. Hinckley, right? <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sorry i know everyone um, loves gbh but sorry sorry uh, you know you don't know everything no. about people right so what, what i was gonna say is there were a lot of much beloved mormon figures in the documentary yep who didn't come off as uh kind and gentle and squeaky clean as their mormon persona would imply right um, pay and cover-ups and who, who knows what yeah. else, right? I mean, so first he, I guess he was pretty sneaky. He dealt in authentic documents as well as a cover for like these uh, fraudulent things that he was making. And um, some of the things he made uh, like kind of supported the authenticity of the Book of Mormon at first. So they were all excited to buy these documents. They're like, oh my mm-hmm. goodness. So the first thing he sold to the church was, or not sold to the church, suggested, you know, I don't know, this person, this intermediary purchased this document and gave it to the church, the Charles Anthon letter, right? And it was this letter that had all these characters. And if you don't know what the Book of Mormon is, <laughs> the Book of Mormon is uh, supposedly translated from reformed Egyptian characters on plates of gold uh, that were found in a mountainside by a little boy in um, upstate New York in New York um, and so it had these like mysterious characters all over this page um, and a weird little seal and then a signature on the back and a statement from Joseph Smith saying they were copied from the gold plates by his own hand and so everybody who was Mormon at the time was just losing their minds. They were so excited. Um, it was published all over, published in all the church uh, magazines. And, you know, it was a big deal back then. And then um, he starts, you know, sending other things in that like kind of, you know, challenge the authenticity of the Book of Mormon. So just just a side note, I, I believe, and I hope I'm not mis- misspeaking here, but there was a big push in the history of the Mormon church at this time to create uh, archaeological or like factual historical yeah. ties yeah. to support the narrative of the history. So 
archaeological tours and expeditions to South and Central America to try and verify that, yes, the Book of Mormon is true, or trying to create connections, finding history pieces. There's a big church history push. So even it was like the perfect storm of of activity, right, and interest. And I think Hoffman was able to capitalize on that. So back to you, Belinda. No, I mean, so my dad as a historian and um, a lot of the people in the documentary are friends of my father. And so I was watching, I was like, oh, I know these people, it happens. Um, like, like, and, like legit. Yeah, almost like, every like single you've, person. You've met these people. Like they hang I, out. Yeah. My, mind, yeah. my mind is being melted right now. So they're all kind of part of this elite historians club in Utah and they all chill together, you know. So they all wear three piece suits with, with gold chains. <laughs> yes, gold chains oh my, and bow ties. <laughs> fucking Shelly, fucking Shelly just. Shannon Flynn, yeah. Or Shannon, Shannon, not yeah. Shelly, yeah. Some name like that. Um, yeah, no, yeah. so yeah, so I'm watching this and I'm like, I know these people for heaven's <laughs> sakes. And it was great to see. The, and so I started like thinking about this, like I wonder how much my dad knew about the situation at that time and I wondered if he felt like he was a target even like at that point like because at the time the the more the murdery part was going on people didn't know what was happening people were just dying there were bombs going off um let's probably head back to that part so like you know Mark Hoffman producing all these documents right and he was promising all these other exciting things he had up and coming. And one was, what was the name of the, the McClellan collection, McClellan right? McClellan collection. And that it was this supposed collection of papers, five, journals. Five journals, yeah. All these things. And he was making them all. He was handwriting all of this by himself and making up the contents of every letter and journal entry and insane amount of creative uh, work right he's truly an evil genius right yeah. like, right like the dude was talented and creative like spencer said but yeah obviously a sociopath right right yeah yeah it, it's wild and so um one day you know one of his people that he was dealing with that steve christensen guy was blown up just blown up right De- at, at his, at his office, office building right yeah downtown uh-huh. salt lake yeah. Uh, and then later that same day, <clears throat> excuse me, um, another woman was uh, murdered by this by a pipe bomb as well. And this woman was my mother's Sunday school teacher when she was what? a child. Yeah. And oh I remember my mom God. mentioning that as a when I was younger. And that one was um, in a suburb, right? Like Holiday, Utah. Yeah, I was out in Holiday, like a, a very upscale neighborhood on the east side of the Salt Lake Valley. Um, in Salt Lake County, and, uh, and so the people... target, the target wasn't her, right? It was no, husband. it was loosely her husband, right, Kevin? Uh, he mentioned he didn't really care who picked up the pipe bomb. It was a scare tactic. It was a diversion. Oh, right? I see. Yeah. What a fucking sociopath. No, he literally yes. says in the show, and again, spoilers. Sorry if you haven't watched it. Uh, I will say, just the tip with Kevin right here. <laughs> Um, just a tip this is three hours so it's not extensively long it is um, not action packed there are moments that are fun and exciting but I will say because I mentioned to a few people oh you should watch this it's not like it's not like watching um, a movie it's not even like watching uh, an amazing documentary 
it's you know i mean it's a little dry in parts we're talking about yeah. fucking white middle-aged mormon historians yeah it's, yeah, not, it's like some it's bookstore actual. owners and yeah, you know historians yeah. they're just chatting about like what went on and given fascinating. like it's fascinating yeah, yeah. but not um, not action-packed yeah. no so it's it's pretty wild and you know so he murdered these two people you know the the prosecutor and the detective are both awesome characters in the story i thought like uh i can't remember what's I, the prosecutor's name he was awesome um delia oh. or something and then uh the other guy with the funny name you guys are just gonna have to watch i'm so terrible with names <laughs> no Same. Yeah. no the prosecutor guy i want to hang out with that dude and drink whiskey right like he the dude who cool. was a college dropout but then oh the ended up to ski. skiing yeah and then i assume it I assume he went back to school or he yeah. faked his degree or whatever. I don't know because he's a prosecutor, but, um, but no, he, he seemed really cool. I'm a, so if you listen, whatever your name is with the cool handlebar mustache back in the eighties, um, let, <laughs> let's hang out. I've got a nice right? bottle of whiskey. We can better yet, come on the show and then we'll all hang out. Ooh, there, yes, we go. there we go. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, I did end up going. Oh, what Kevin? No, I was just, I was literally just going to to segue to what I think you're about to say. So oh no, so I went to my parents' house the other day, and I was after nervous watching? about bringing after watching. Oh my God. And I was I wanted to ask my dad. I wanted to say, what were you thinking at the time? So I casually brought up that we had watched this, you know, movie, and um and I watched it with my son uh, before we went there. And so um, my son was really excited to, you know, hear my dad's side of the story. Because you're like, these are grandpa's buddies. <laughs> right. And um, he's like, Who? my dad had not seen it. Um, I don't know if he ever will, but. Um, I don't think I, they have Netflix either. No, so. no. Yeah, probably, um, yeah. Maybe I'll force They have chill, but no something. Netflix. Just kidding. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Or chill. neither. I don't know. We should not speak of such things. <laughs> um i just so, sorry go ahead oh no go ahead i was just gonna say i just imagine my parents don't chill anymore and that gives me peace it oh. gives me peace spencer in my they life. have pills they have pills nowadays we do not speak <laughs> of such things four hours or more by the way if it's after four hours you should go to the hospital okay four hours priapism tell, right, tell, tell your dad no, um, so I mentioned that uh, my son and I had watched it. <laughs> I'm only half a drink in. Let well, me hear I'm a finish double this. in. Yeah, oh my God. Mm. Will, have you watched it yet? I have. I watched. I, 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 I'm waiting till I can tell my conspiracy theory about it. Oh, yeah. Ooh, well, pipe okay. in with it if, if when we get to that part yeah. because I want to hear what you have to say about it. Um, no, so I brought up, I said, hey, you know, all your friends like Kurt Bench and Brent Ashworth and Ken Sanders and like, I'm listing off all these people that he, you know, he knows extremely well. He's like, really? Oh, I was like, Al Rust, you know, all these people that, you know, I've grown up knowing. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, let me, let me get some information for you. And he runs downstairs and brings back uh, this book full of documents uh, that uh, was given to him by Brent Ashworth. <clears throat> fascinating, fascinating stuff. Just refer to the photos. I was like taking screen, like photographing <laughs> pages out of this. Like I'm sitting at their house. So he's sitting and there think, and like taking you through memory lane. Yeah, for reals. And I think they thought I was like kind of making a hero out of Mark Hoffman, which I was not. But after watching it and you see the skill level that this dude had from an early age, you're like, 
dang, this is really, really amazing that he was able to pull this off. Again, um, a sociopath, but right. evil oh, genius, right? Yes. Um, no, so like, I'm, I can't, maybe I'll send the pictures to the thing because it's hard to like show them, but like he would like take actual scriptures and Ooh. documents and he would make copious notes um, throughout. This, um, this and is yeah, if, if you're okay, Belinda, we can include those in show notes, but if not, yeah, it's yeah. Fine. Absolutely, I, absolutely, we can share them. It's, it's public knowledge, really. Um, but he would take note of like how things were phrased and how, you know, you know, order of, you know, information, like, He's just really, really detail oriented. He took that morning scripture study to the next level, right? Oh God. 30 minutes a day. A sterling scholar in seminary. Yes. Whatever whatever they call him. Deseret News endorsed. Platinum scriptorian. Wait, wait, wait. No. Is Deseret News one of our sponsors yet? We should really look at it. We're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is one of my favorite things. And it's several of the people from the show. You can't see it because it's going to be backwards, but it's like, we'll put it in the thing, but it's like Shannon Flynn, who's a favorite of this mine from the documentary. Wild. Shannon, um, the, Shannon Uzi. Shannon's the one who talks yeah. like this. Shannon, Shannon yeah. Him and the his godfather Uzi. godfather of the Mormon historians. You can't ask me that question. <laughs> That's perfect, actually. It's, it's, uh, ask me that. It says, <laughs> truth will prevail. And it has the signatures of Shannon Flynn, Mark Hoffman, and under, underneath it says, by my left hand. And then uh, Brent Metcalf, and another signature who the end of it is a salamander, salamander. signature. Um, and they had all signed this. Uh, it looks like letterhead from a bookstore or something. Wait, um, another, truth this, will prevail. Why this is after say, the bombings. Yeah, why this is during the trial, I think. Hand. Because he got blown up by his bomb. Oh, we didn't mention that part. <laughs> no, was it the bomb or I, in the documentary? When he tried to kill himself. That he tried to kill himself with sleeping pills. And then... I think- he oh. fell asleep Sleeping? on his arm, which cut off circulation, yeah. so he couldn't use his right mm-hmm. arm to. That was much, much later. Okay. This, this is this is like right after the, the bomb. bomb. So oh, so he's injured know. and couldn't. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so he blew sense. off his fingertips and whatnot. But you know, in the other pipe bombs, he had strapped nails to those things, and it, like just shrapnel everywhere. I don't think those were on his. No, to be honest because with he you. wasn't trying to kill himself. Yeah. Right. And I wonder if maybe he just at the last moment decided, you know, hey, you know what? Let's just blow this shit to smithereens, right? Like So we're obviously uh, not detailed historians here, but I, I think I think there's no. there's a lot of interesting Speak for yourself, Spencer. <laughs> okay. Speak I'm not yourself. a I'm not a detailed historian, right. but there's a lot of interesting things watching this that came to mind. First thing yeah. that came to mind for me was holy fucking shit, this happened. Like yeah. straight up. This happened. The other was the, and we can talk about each of these sequentially, or I'm sure we'll touch on them at different points, but the comparisons between Mark Hoffman and the founder of Mormonism, Joseph Smith, incredibly brilliant, charismatic in their own way. Like Mark Mm -hmm. seems to have been a very odd person, but had the ability to convince others of uh, his story, his narrative, whatever, and get buy-in. Okay. Um, And then just the ability to deceive and, you know, this, this, I think, Kevin, you mentioned maybe even sociopathic, where even as he was describing, he, so there was an interview after he uh, was caught, and he said, how do you feel about your kids? You know, they're, they're not going to, and he's like, well, I guess it's harder for them than it is for me. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. He like, didn't give a shit. Do you have no heart? Like, it's just right. crazy. No, he doesn't. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, there was that, there was that one quote of his 
where the the interviewer is asking like like do you feel bad about killing those people and he he had said something i'm fucking up this quote like like he's he was said something like well like we're just so insignificant so he's like they're not suffering yeah like, like fine like, like there's just this couple people died it's it's no big deal you know like yeah. that's fucking sociopathic holy it shit is. then yeah. you, you had all these characters and people and and i mean there's just so many odd parts of utah as a part of the story the news reporter who's singing the song oh my utah, god, oh my god. Utah. I, didn't oh know that, god. I didn't even know there was a fucking utah song fucking like, rod, decker. Awesome. Rod, rod decker, decker. rod decker rod decker k-u-t-v i was like holy shit man how cool would it be to live in utah in those times <laughs> I <laughs> I actually but when when mormons were super fucking weird and not shy about it and could pull shit like that and then you had the dude who was like i commanded him to live and i was like oh, oh my god, god. Or oh I commanded him my not god to die. we got to talk about that oh one. we need to talk about this oh my god okay. but the, probably the most impactful quote of the movie and this conversation will probably go long i'm just gonna let you guys know <laughs> yeah who, who, if you're listening this is gonna this, probably be a long talk this is long maybe we can break it up yeah. into a couple little bite-sized <laughs> portions right we'll see if if something seems to be true and becomes accepted at as true it becomes true and that was yeah. his that's the gist of his experience and story he created things that seemed plausible enough he had the <laughs> skill right he he created uh, uh what's the word reputation for unearthing historically relevant stuff and even fooled the prophet of god on earth Oh like, my God! That's a whole other thing too, because and the FBI part of Mormonism, and, and and there was a quote in there about the faithful response is that God doesn't force people to do this or that. I'm like bullshit. Here's the thing: you've got a direct bat phone to Sky Daddy. You better fucking use that. Sky Daddy. Like there, there are so many inconsistencies in logic. Oh yeah, well, well inconsistencies in what they teach. And then what they exactly so for those who don't know mormons purport to have a prophet who is a man on earth who literally talks to god okay they might say the holy of holies exactly so there's a special room in the big church the temple where this man can talk with god and jesus yeah they won't say that but they have said it. The no, past, they say right? it. They say They've it. They've said they, it in the past. Yeah. Well, not so much today. Today, they've kind of, you know, distanced themselves from the well, yeah. absolute rhetoric. They don't say rhetoric. shit nowadays. Now they don't say it. They say but, PR shit. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. A few and they're terrible par- at that A few part. of us are parents on the show, right? We love our kids. Right. If I send my kids off and I'm like, good luck. Don't fucking talk to me. That's kind of weird. Like, it's cold. Like, why would you do that? It's like, what's the yeah. lesson here? It's like, this makes no sense. But that's the analog for how Mormons see God. Have, God sent us to this planet, Earth, while he lives on his planet. And Cold he's on. like, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> There's a problem. I can't even. I mean, sometimes I feel like, like that. But, you know. Just, Wait, does, does sorry, I can't even. Up? <laughs> I think that's Jesus's. I think that's Jesus's. Either way. Also, I'm just saying. Oh, that's true. God lives on a planet, according to Mormons. He has a person on Earth you can talk to, and all the ladies. If there is a situation where literally this person is being deceived, he's not going to talk to you. He's going to good luck. (laughs) 
What's up with that? It's Don't weird. let gay people get married. It's weird. I'm gonna tell you this. It's so fucking weird. Don't let gay people get married, but with bombs and shit. Anyhow, so yeah. that for me, that's the spectrum of thoughts. Yeah. You know, minus a few minor things here and there um, that I had watching this. Just unbelievable. Well, wasn't um, Dallin H. Oaks, wasn't, wasn't he like supportive of the Salamander letter? Like he was going on TV, like saying yes. like. And, and Hinckley and, and uh, James E. Faust, who was a, a leader at the time was saying, oh, this, this authenticates yeah. the Book of Mormon. None of the this Salamander support of the other documents. But yeah, the, first the fact one, is yeah. you have this mastermind human who's immensely creative, talented, skilled, who is able to deceive the literal human on earth who talks to Sky Daddy. Like that is right. crazy to me. And Why? That's, you had kind of this, Real, this rumble don't. through the church right at that time that they were like oh what what what's happening here we've ha have this document now that's kind of breaking our faith and you had a lot of people starting how, to fall away from the church how is that any different though than all the different uh stories about how jesus or uh, how joseph smith met god and jesus like well the they didn't know that for a long time <laughs> right right but so, like now now the church fully admits that there are several very this, different versions of what what is that called the the first vision the first vision yeah like that, why why doesn't that freak the fuck out of it, people it does. it does it does and here's what i'm going to tell you this is what i'm going to tell you fuck Oh yeah. Oh um right. yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I'm just uh, <laughs> Is that I'm what you're gonna tell us? Fact, no, what, okay. what, oh fuck. What I was gonna tell you is that the interwebs was not a thing in 1985. Right. And so the church, yeah, there were rumblings. That's an accurate way you described it. Because locally, especially here in, in the Utah area, and it was a bit of a national story. I mean, when you have pipe bombings and things like that. That makes the national news. Uh, in the documentary, I think you can hear Dan Rather and Tom Brokaw at varying times talking about things who were national news figures. But it dies down quickly. And when you are a member of an organization that teaches you only to listen to members of that organization, and not only just members of that organization, but the you know, the highest members of that organization, the top 15, if you will, guess what? And you don't have the internet. Guess what happens? It goes away. It just, yeah. that's, just that's why we all grew up in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That guy, that guy made it entirely worth it to watch the boring ass parts of that. Like that, that scene where they're driving their fucking oh little Toyota sports car. MR2 through the West Desert in Utah, wow. holding the Uzi like out. By the by, the way, this is partially directed. Uh, it's co-directed rather by Jared Hess. I actually met Jared. He recorded my "I'm a Mormon" video with me. But oh maybe fuck, I forgot. We'll, save, I'm a we'll save that for another time. Whoa! But, but oh, we need to get Jared on. The, so what's on up, the Jared? That may that that's probably doable. But oh, that would be incredible. But uh, if you're familiar with the film, a, a little film he uh, is known for called Napoleon Dynamite. Um, I totally saw Napoleon Dynamite in that scene when they were. Yeah. I didn't see Napoleon himself, 
he did gentleman broncos as well if you're familiar with that it's very weird yeah he he's quirky and he's interesting and he's funny and i wish they would have done more of that i get it's a a historical documentary so you have to include like the drier aspects of it but that scene alone was worth everything i i kept rewinding or not rewinding it's not vhs but I kept going back and re-watching that scene over and over and I laughed out loud every single <laughs> damn time. I think I, I think I even uh, videoed it with my phone and sent it to you all when I was watching it because I was like, this is incredible. No, no, no. My my favorite scene was the, and I commanded him to live. Like, oh, oh dude, we, need, we need that, to go to that. Yeah, yeah, that dude, like he, like the way he was being interviewed was like he was a first responder, right? Like <laughs> I got I got to the scene and uh, I saw that he was hurt and I pulled out my consecrated oil and I gave him a blessing and I commanded him to live. So give well, us like, some context, Will. What is, what is what is this oil of which you speak? Oh, um, it's, you know what? Kevin will do a better job. Like, it's a magic <laughs> I use that comment. shit a lot. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. I will. I'm being, I went I'm through being, like a Costco-sized bottle of that shit. I'm being, <laughs> I'm being coy. So in Mormonism, uh, the men in the church have powers of magic. And this this magical power is tied to what's it called? What's that power called? The priesthood. So it's tied to how little you masturbate. But (laughs) that's one hundred percent. You can. It is use the special oil that you say a prayer on. To I like that you said that while Belinda's doing the hand motions for her cocktail. Work exactly. (laughs) If you're not watching the video of this, please go to YouTube. Please do. Belinda is, is a treat. So you you bless this oil with a prayer and then you rub it on someone and you can do things. Okay, that sounds terrible, that's, but I mean that's like, lubricant. Yeah, like, that's how lubricants work. Oh my god. Yeah. God's lubricant. You can, you can heal people. But on a if serious note, you put it in note, your hair. You grease up your hair with that. But shit. on a serious it, it fucks note, up your hair. Yeah. And to yeah. be the 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 balance here a lot of people put a lot of faith in this right and they believe in it and they believe that it maybe not i don't think it's a thing so much in modern mormonism as it was for me growing up have you have you noticed well, that by by it's modern not Mor- really a mormonism thing. you mean right now but yo kevin uh, no, when was the last I... time i know we've been out of the whole cult thing for a long time but did you ever use it i used it only on my mission after my mission i didn't fucking touch that stuff i, I you didn't it. hold it on your keychain I used yeah. it almost weekly when I was in the bishopric. Oh, um, oh that's that's, that's right. True. But, yeah. but no, for me, so for as a normal, years. quote unquote, normal, I, I never made it into leadership because I'm black, but I never used it. <laughs> it got silent all of a sudden. And we're <laughs> all like, yeah, that's, that's, so that's many, fucking true. I have yeah. so many stories of racism in the church. That needs to be its Oh, I'm straight. Like, we need to have that episode. I could talk for Absolutely. hours about it, but. I never used it. I guess my point is the church now is changing and it used to be a thing. Now right. I'm going to throw it back to Will. Dude says, I command you not to die on fucking TV on the evening news. I've, this I've, is why I wish I lived in Utah at the time. Can you imagine? I've watching? got the holy condiment. I've got the holy condiment right here on my keychain. Heavenly lube. Will, what, what did God. he do with the magic lube? Can you imagine watching KUTV or KSL or ABC4 or whatever? And it's it was all like I command. I wish that magic. had been on national yeah. news. I, that would have been fucking amazing. I, I been command like... you to live. <laughs> what? I I just imagine like what if it wasn't a Mormonism? What if it was like a Scientologist? 
or a Satanist. Like, like no, no, like like a Scientologist. He's like being interviewed, and and they're like, oh, and then uh, I uh, said a blessing, hope that Zenu would come and uh, come down from her drop some bombs, and uh, they would heal this person, and they ended up happening. Like, how is that any different? Like some crazy ass shit. It's no different whatsoever. Yeah. However, I will say, um, I think. I think maybe blessings and that sort of stuff can be helpful. I do. They can be, they can be helpful in the sense that it puts you in a frame of mind that is optimistic. But right. as far as like actual measurable results, I don't, I can't speak yeah. to that personally, but right. being the, the, optimistic the certainly can help. So yeah, the, the consecrated but, oil is not going to magically cure you. But let's but, be clear. But like the, the intentions behind it and getting the, like, people and the mindset of healing and that sort of thing. I could see how that could actually help. Sure. Absolutely. So, so, but let's be clear, the data in this could actually help you side of things. So generally when you do a pharmaceutical study, what happens is you give some people the medicine and you give some people what's called a placebo, right? It's all fucking placebo in this study. So like, Yeah. yeah, it's true. We know scientifically it's been proven the placebo effect is a thing, right? Right. Um, you can believe you have something that's going to help you and then it magically, and Not by it. magically, I mean your body and your <laughs> fucking mind tell your body to heal itself or whatever. Did you just knock over Not your- only that, but- Did you break something? That was my elbow I broke. Fucking okay, Elliot. The shattering of my elbow. So- not only that, but religion tends to benefit, or at least from my observation, from my position, seems to benefit from this this uh, confirmation bias where right. anything good is from God and it's holy and it's right and it's like good. And then anything bad happens, it's like, no, it's not him. No, 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 no. Well, well the, guy, the guy did that. If, if you think if the, back to, he said, I, I commanded him to live and that the first responders would arrive quickly, which they did. No, maybe they were doing their job that they were trained and paid for. (laughs) Maybe it's because they were like two blocks away. Yeah. And someone called 911 when a fucking pipe bomb went off. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Um, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. The whole story of like Mark Hoffman. Like, I imagine uh, maybe Joseph Smith was probably very similar of a person, right? I mean, think about the story he tells in the documentary about. burying coins when yeah. he's out with his friends yes. right as as a and, teenage uh, boy even yeah. Yeah. and making this show of finding this jar of coins and all the kids are dazzled by this you know yeah. discovery right like, I mean, he was it doesn't seem that he was diagnosed or at least it wasn't put forward but he, he seems to his parents were a freak- narcissist in some ways in the sense that he yeah. thrived yeah. on this validation that came from the uh, quality of his work and he was content and happy with deceiving people. Yeah. Right. I mean, he was adept at creating forgeries from a very early age, right? Like 11? Um, and Is that what? Yeah. So like at 12, he was doing those, uh, what is it? The, the pen, like the thing. coins, the. No, well, that was later, but like the. Oh. Um, Lie, lie detector, detector test. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, master right. lie detector test at the age of like 12 or 13. Oh, then he was forging coins. I don't know how, like it showed him with some sort of soldering iron or something. So I spoke to somebody on Friday. Um, who <laughs> Belinda knows everyone. Yeah, apparently. 
I know all the people. Wait, 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 Belinda wait, wait, wait. is wait, the say daughter. Say that again, Belinda. You spoke to one of his daughters. No, I spoke to somebody who is a friend of one of his children, okay, okay, and I okay. asked if she had seen it. I asked the person if they'd seen it because I was I, as soon as I got to work on Friday, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I just watched the most insane show. Have you seen it?" And um, the one girl's like, "Oh, I do need to see it because she's all into the crimey things, you know." Yeah. Um, but the other girl's like, "Oh." I don't think I'm going to watch it because I'm friends with one of his kids and I don't want something to slip out accidentally and be upsetting to them. And I was like, that makes sense. I can get behind that, you know? Um, and you know, it's probably a lot of dirt being dug up right now for their whole family. It's probably sure. a little upsetting. I can imagine. Um, and so <laughs> she mentioned that, um, he has forged coins that are on display at Pioneer Village in Lagoon. So if you're not from Utah, Lagoon is our amusement park. The one amusement park we have in Utah besides- It's a big like, one. Oh, it's, a, no, it's a big no, one. No, Traf Trafalgar isn't there anymore. So no, yeah, it's the it's one uh, amusement park. <laughs> um, one clean fun. Minus the beer. Good clean Go fun. And they have like a little pioneer village. And in that pioneer village, they have authentic pioneer money on display. And much of those pieces were created by Mark Hoffman. <laughs> so if, if so, y'all are, uh, yeah. are listening and you don't realize how weird Utah is and Mormons, Mormons invented their own currency. They invented their, their own, own language. Alphabet. Their yeah. own alphabet, their own language. Alphabet, yeah. yeah. Deseret wait, alphabet. Wait, wait, what? Google that shit. <laughs> you had no idea, Will? No. Oh my god. No, Did you see that? Will, stop fucking with me. The language of Mormons, Mormons created their own alphabet. Oh uh, yeah. It's like this yeah. weird phonetic alphabet. Uh Spencer, do you remember a few years ago, like some designer, some type designer made a whole typeface of this? Yeah, what? I think that was my friend. And it was really beautiful. <gasps> yeah. Really? I thought it yeah. was really cool. Wait, was it was it still like English? Like it was still ABC. No. I think it was my friend yeah. Andrew that did that, but I don't know. Really? It was super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was a really bizarre, it was supposed to be a phonetic alphabet and they taught it to the children in school. Like if you go there to was a Pioneer Trail State in the Park. Alphabet. Yeah, no. all kinds of things. Their money was written in Deseret Alphabet. Um, yeah, so they had, all, <laughs> it was a really bizarre time. I can't even imagine trying to learn that shit. Like, you know, after, you know like living in the fucking desert. And... We, should, we should learn to write our names in the Deseret Alphabet. And... <gasps> Maybe yes. maybe create some yes. sort of special yes you know, code. Yeah. Or first <laughs> Don't ask me about it again, but I think it's a really great idea. I was Don't off. Ask me that question. <laughs> I was I was unplugged for a second. Did anybody mention the We talked about the condiments mostly while you were gone? Oh, okay. You did talk oil. about the <clears throat> the like gay tension between Mark oh, and no, Shannon. We did not. No, we did not. speak on that. I, I don't mean... know. I'm just, I'm just throwing shit out here. But if you watch that show, Shannon and Mark were tight, tight, tight. Yeah. And um, there's like this photo we all of are them. At first. Shannon's the one with the this, voice, right? Yeah. He is. Uh, the one that Mark, he, Mark bought him the Uzi, right? And they like just hung out all the time. He's like to hang out. He's like and, to hang out and shoot Uzis from MR2. And he's also the one that went with him to New York where he like drank a shit ton of alcohol and pretended he wasn't drunk and then barfed himself green, he said. 
And oh, but there's a God. photo of the two shown on screen where they're kind of like posing. They look like Joe Exotic and his husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know the photo she's talking about? It's like they're like both in white Mormony sh- sacrament shirts. Yeah, there's some like, you know looks leaning. going on. I've I've only seen ne- the series maybe a once, necklace so I'm like gonna have to watch here. it again. Yeah. I've seen it three times now, but oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, there's some there's some little gay tension there. I don't know. I I'm just thrown. I I don't know. I think um, I think Tiger Bites are in order, and I've got to watch <laughs> watch it one more time, at least. Tiger Bites, Tiger Bite now. Tiger Bites um, and some sacramental wine. Yeah. Elliot. Okay. Elliot. So, Will, you mentioned you had some conspiracy shit. All right. So my conspiracy on this <laughs> is, what if Mark Hoffman didn't forge any documents? And what if it's all true? Like, and the reason why, like, he started killing people and shit and he admitted to it and all. Was guilt or? What if the prophet got, got to him and was like, hey, you need to, you need to lay on the sword. Like, we, we can't have this. You, you have to, you have to actually say that you made all of this up and that's why he did what he did and it was actually like the mormon mafia so, or something that did so the bombs. what you're saying is why all the experts were saying these were not forgeries is because they were not forgeries. yeah okay and then, <clears throat> and then he made up some like plausible like he planted evidence to make it look like he forged it and he came up all all his processes of how he did forge where, it. Where did I don't you learn all the chemistry of all this shit. I don't That's think what I, know. I don't right. think your your idea is implausible. Here's why. I <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do know the Mormon Church has immense resources, and True. they are yep. invested in protecting the narrative yep. and the the marketing around marketing around the Mormon Church. So the question in my mind is, what if? And I go, maybe, maybe, because it's they do have the resources. It's not impossible. No. Yeah. So my dad did talk with the detective who supposedly like broke that case. Um, uh, what was his name in the document? I can't remember. The bald dude that looked exactly the same in 1985 as yeah. he does now uh, with a mustache, right? <laughs> detective um, so and such. Yeah, with a fun, funny name. Um, Sorry. Kind <laughs> of breaking stuff. <laughs> it's like crashes all over in his. I told you um, one drink in, and we are fucked up. <laughs> I'm no, so the guy talked about how, um, and it, it, sh- it demonstrates this a little bit in the documentary about how he would age documents, and supposedly, like how they discovered they were forgeries was this cracked ink, right? Right. And my dad talked to this. Um, detective as well and he said another thing that happened when he tried to age these documents is he would write them out and it shows him in the documentary hanging them up by paper paper clips right um and then spraying them oh clothespins oh yeah yeah i saw that um so he's hanging up with clothespins on a line um to let them dry and age or whatever well the ink wasn't fully dry on the pen work when he would hang them up and so there was kind of like this dip uh, at the base of each letter where it would kind of sag down from like the ink dripping down a little bit at the base of each uh letter 
Um, so in, in, who knows? I don't know. Maybe that's it's what they want you to think, Belinda. Oh. I mean, it did say in there that he was Mormon and he wanted another detective with him to, uh, you know, investigate that was not Mormon and found another, like, who said he was non-practicing Catholic um, yeah. to help him out with it. Um, and they were, you know, pretty uh, committed, right, to finding but, out what was going on. But to Will's point, what if a forged document was planted in order to replicate a real document or be just another document in order? Again, I don't know. Well, sure. Well, actually, so, I do. I do. So buy this. I, I, of course, I like most conspiracies that I talk about. I don't actually believe it. Sure. But it's it's interesting to think about because I think it's healthy to like consider even. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't well, have I say that yeah. with some risk because at the same time, you know, there's the whole QAnon thing. It's like I can consider it and go, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. But at least at least I'm willing to go, what if? You know? Yeah. I think because of course the Mormon church, like like it's known that they have like a fucking vault where they put in all like the historical documents. That's sure. where like the seer stone is, and um, we've all driven by it, right? Yeah. Yep. I, they obviously, maybe not obviously, they for sure have to have some documents that they keep hidden that are very bad oh, for the church. For sure, for sure. And when I was a kid and like preteen and teenager, my dad would take me with him to do research at the church office, like the church archives. Um, and I would be left to my own devices while he was like in the special collections or whatnot, like looking at, you know, you know, rare documents, whatever. Um, and they just had like bins of old like magazines and pamphlets and things. And I would be there and I would pull things out of little things. They said the most absurd shit. Like, I kid you not. Like, I would be like, oh my gosh. Like, I remember taking my cousin there and I push her in in a wheelchair and we're like looking through things and like giggling our guts out, like, like in the lost church. Lost 10 Christ. tribes being encased in ice in the North Pole or something. It's, oh, it's yeah, like, it's, it was well, weird. What is like, that? <laughs> I've never heard that before. Okay, okay. We, we'll, we'll table that will for an obscure Mormon doctrine episode. We need to be taking Mormon notes. conspiracy yes. theories. Yeah, it's like, what's episode, the weirdest yeah. shit in Mormonism you've heard? Yes, we'll just talk, we'll each talk about yes. one thing. Yes. Oh, that'll be a fun one. Yeah, for sure. I love that. But yeah, he was doing all this stuff really young. He was like, it was bizarre. So in the end, it says that um, he wasn't able to create his masterpiece, right? Like, he wasn't able to, and what was his masterpiece the 116 lost pages, lost pages of the, book of Mormon. Of Mormon. Yeah, the book of lehi the book of lehi i'm um, telling you guys he should have just been a mormon fan fiction writer like yes he would have yes. been so successful like the guy who wrote tennis shoes among the nephites oh my exactly. gosh <laughs> exactly chris throwing it, it back for you humdinger what was heimerdinger chris heimerdinger i remember i read those books yeah. willis willis like what the fuck are you guys talking about no i i know what tennis shoes among oh, the okay, family okay. would like listen to it when we go on road trips that's <laughs> the, yeah. 
the rainbow room do you remember the rainbow room no what is that well that was part of the book I know. the rainbow room to I travel back in time right right uh, is that like a is that like a subtle reference to him being in the closet and not being <gasps> oh, in the closet because oh. that is the perfect segue to some shit that went down this week oh right yes. the other news yeah. uh, in, at BYU the yeah. murder Young University. and bigotry yeah. it was it was a beautiful day actually i i discovered uh I discovered I, I I try to find people from Utah to follow on Twitter, yeah. but it's always it, you can't find people to follow on Twitter. Um, Mitt Romney's on there if you he is. Uh, on Twitter, most people are Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> um, By the way, I'm on Twitter. Thirstpod at Thirstpod Thirst on, on Twitter. Twitter. That's, yeah, we are all on Twitter. Yeah, Thirstpod. <laughs> follow Thirstpod. Um. But it was really great to see because I discovered uh, like like queer Utah Twitter, like yeah. where all like the LGBTQ plus uh, people, like they were posting all day long about just just like their selfies, them like just in Provo. It was beautiful to see. And then to top off the night with uh, making the Y. A let's rainbow. Take a step back. Let's Amazing. take a step back. Amazing. Let's let's talk about this. Yeah. I I actually posted the origin, uh, right? I posted a, a flyer, um, in a like kind of a what a meme a meme group for ex Mormons, yeah. if you will, um, that I'm a member of, um, several days before this, and it was essentially a flyer that was put all over Brigham Young University's campus in Provo, Utah, um depicting um uh, how did I, how do i put this into words so it was like people, people rainbow people and an umbrella over them not rainbow people it was rainbow rain oh rainbow, rainbow rain. rain and there was a family it was like a, a woman and a man and two children in between oh, a nuclear family they had an umbrella the atomic family <laughs> The atomic fam. Oh, Spencer's not going to know that inside joke. No one is, but just the three of us. But, um, but the umbrella that was protecting this uh, atomic family from the queer rain that was raining down on them. Rain on queer rain. May. I wish more rain um, were but, queer. Um, yeah, exactly. But um, was the, what, what the fuck is that bullshit called? Again? Family proclamation. Proclamation on the family, yeah. What is the family um, proclamation? So the LDS proclamation to in, the world. Proclamation to the world. Nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety four, something like that. No, yeah. I think I feel like it was more like two thousand ish. No, it was when I was like a teen, I think. Consult the book of knowledge. Let's go Google. <laughs> the Googles, the Googles. Um, I actually quoted that the other night in our five hour call. And Will and Belinda thought I had memorized it, but I was just reading. I know, it was horrified. I was like, uh. <laughs> um, but it's a bullshit document that, by the way, once it was 1995, that was one Holy year shit, old. Holy shit, it's that old? Yeah. Wow. So that's what, 30, um, almost 30 years old. But but what it was, was at the time, Hawaii was looking. 23 years old. <laughs> I can't Something like that. that. 23 years oh, you do God. it perfectly <laughs> so when spencer was 23 years old hawaii was looking to um allow gay marriage um and it was a it was uh going on in the courts and the lds church because they are so 
fucking terrified of anything that is not 100% their ideal person, um, which is not an ideal person, by the way. Um, they hired lawyers, or actually they, they own a law firm. So the church owns a law firm, yeah. And they had the law firm draw up, write up a statement to make to basically back their claims that homosexuality is um, against God. And, and just even saying this out loud makes me like, you know, like it makes you uncomfortable when you say this because yeah, yeah like, we all used well, to be like, oh yeah, sure. Like they they have lawyers write up a legal document to explain why God hates gay people. Like it's the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. Um. So they did that, but then rather than like present it in some legal fashion, what they did is they gave a proclamation to the world on the family. A proclamation some, meaning like the mouthpiece of God himself. From God. The from bat God phone. Through the attorneys. From God through the attorneys. Yeah. Side note. Because God speaks to attorneys. Yeah. And the PR arm. Um, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, attorneys, PR, then the prophet. Correlation. Yes. Correlation. Yes. That's how it works. Um, but this proclamation basically said, if you were anything other than a straight cis cisgendered gender heterosexual uh, white relationship yeah. white say white but it was implied right it, it's always kind of implied it's always there um with the mormon church yes yeah um man and woman who come together through the union of marriage no they then, don't usually come together in mormonism sure. <laughs> oh belinda wins the day yes <laughs> yeah i love it Remember, it's not for pleasure. It's just for procreation. It's for procreation. It's to make fucking babies because God needs help. He yeah. doesn't, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, there's this document and it's this piece of trash bullshit document that was then, you know, Deseret Industry. No, no, what are they called? Deseret Book and <laughs> yes. all, the, the all the other things. I guess Deseret Industries. Everyone... <laughs> A simple everyone, way. A simple way to put it is. Everyone needs a copy of the proclamation on the family in their family room. Hanging on their wall. Homes. A simple way to put this would be that when the prophet of the Mormon Church says something, it becomes what's called scripture, which is meant to say scripture. This the is word of God. the word of Sky Daddy. Unless, unless yep. they're talking as a man. Conveniently so, but that's a whole other thing. So everyone too. in the church was given marching orders to say "fuck you" to gay people. Yep. Yes, that's the gist. Essentially, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what that flyer was all about. Like there, the one, well, like one of the, the quote on the right of the flyer was like, um, "Show your support for the family proclamation by like." Carrying an umbrella, carrying a fucking umbrella, carrying a fucking umbrella, or wear BYU swag. So like they they're co-opting. I, I know I know BYU itself. We'll, we'll get into this, but like they realize that people are going to be wearing BYU swag. Like so, people that yeah. just yeah. regular like they don't even they don't hate gay people. They, I didn't see that because it's BYU campus. Yeah, like, yeah. They they all of a sudden by using that pamphlet, they've weaponized every single person on the BYU campus to 
make gay people feel unwelcomed. Yep. Yep. It was disgusting. But, but to Will's point, what actually happened on the day of, and by the way, the day that was being celebrated uh, that, that this flyer was in response yeah. to is because BYU as a campus has an honor code, they call it. And I remember I went to BYU and when I went to BYU, in my mind, the honor code meant I don't cheat on tests and they I have to shave. I am kind to people. You have to shave. And, and you <laughs> had to shave, which at the time wasn't a big deal. because But I, I got a beard waiver. I would have had like three hairs. You on did really? I had a beard. Nice. Nice. You, could, you had to go to a doctor just like in order to get weed now in Utah. But back then, and even to now, beard. and even now, if you're in Provo on campus, you have to go to a doctor and get a special. It's a card, right? Don't they give it's you like a, a literal card? well certificate kind of not thing? Really, they just flip a switch on your ID and you're good to go. Okay. Well, they called it a beard card, but I guess it was to your ID card. But um, I never. Maybe had there was because... a card in back in the day, but when I went through, it was just like flipping true. a switch. I'm... And then when I taught at BYU, it was just it was different. But man, there's so much to talk about on this show. I'm different. Yes. Yeah, I'm different. I'm so different. Um, I want to see a Shannon and Two Chains mashup. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so on the day of. The, the reason they were celebrating was BYU a couple of years ago took out of the honor code for no, there's no explanation as to why, but they took out of the honor code the idea that like holding hands with a member of the opposite sex or kissing someone of the opposite or sex. Same sex, you mean? Oh, uh, sorry. The same sex yeah. um, was grounds for being kicked out of the university. Like, right. No matter you're standing as a student or whatever, you're so let's let's pause for a minute. Imagine that because maybe there's people listening who've never understood BYU in the context of Mormons. So BYU, I still don't understand BYU. I went to BYU. Um, BYU is a school that's funded, uh, subsidized by the Mormon Church. Indeed. And Tithing. you go under the auspices that you're going to adhere to these rules. But as any 20-something experiences, you're just learning who the fuck you are. Yeah. Imagine going to school two years in, you're like, oh, shit, I don't believe any of this. What do I do? Do I throw away all the credit, the work, the money, the investment that I've put into myself and say I'm out? Or do I pretend and keep going? And a lot of people pretend. I pretend. I mean, I didn't consider it, but <laughs> I certainly had my doubts. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sure at some point we'll talk about our exit from the Mormon church, each of us individually. Definitely but should. I, I had my doubts, and but I was not willing to risk it because there was so much at stake. But for someone who does not identify with the cis-normative uh, white view of the Mormon church, that's that's a lot to say. I'm going to put on the line and I'm going to be who I'm going to be and fuck the church because, Hey, you might've just wasted two, three years of your education and not be able to transfer your, your transcript even. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's what makes it even up. That's what makes it even crazier too, is because like BYU will literally not send they will yes. hold you credit. It's yeah. fucked up. Like even if you want to leave 
of course people have left BYU and have gotten their credits transferred, blah, 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 blah. But it's always a much harder process to actually do it quietly. You've got to just play, you know, normal. Imagine imagine you're gay and you can't even express yourself. You can't even, you can't even hold hands with somebody you love. In fact, you can't, not, not just on campus, but outside of campus. I've, I've heard of stories where people will get turned into the honor code office or whatever because they slept in the same hotel room. That's because there is a culture of snitching. Yes. Yes. That's what I was going to say. They weaponize their entire student body, essentially. Say it's your responsibility to report. So, yep. so this this office that weaponizes the student body, and they do. There's you, there's Kevin. zero doubt of that. They you, once they thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> once they removed that from the honor code, everyone was like, "Oh hell yeah!" At least the Mormon. This happens like a couple times a year. Certain has- people are like, "Oh, the Mormon Church is finally like." chill right 40 years after everyone else like figuring shit out right um but then the honor code office was like so what happened is there was about a two to three week period where gay students were like taking a picture literally like holding hands or doing like a peck kiss with a significant other who they've been secretly dating or whatever um in front of the statue of Brigham Young in front of the administration office or wherever in front of a BYU Cougar statue, whatever. Um, And then it came out, the honor code office said, just because we removed it doesn't mean that we will not kick your ass out of, and they didn't use that phrase, obviously, but we will kick your ass out of school if you post these things. And people were kicked out of school. Yep. Yep. Um, And and many, many, many reports came out that people were told explicitly from members of the honor code office that it was okay to do. The reason those were out was it was okay to do those things. So what that tells me as someone who not only went to school at BYU, but was also an employee of BYU for a significant period of time is they did this in response to whatever they heard or thought or whatever and then someone up the chain of command, probably in the top 15 members of the leadership of the church was like, oh, fuck no. Oh, fuck no. My granddaughter told me she saw on Facebook that one of right. her classmates kissed a girl in front of in front of a statue of Brigham Young. And they were just like, nope, it's all reversed. Yeah. So so what this what this day was. Uh, was a celebration by the gay students at BYU to say, we are here, we're not going away, and we are proud of who we are. So yeah. the plan was, it was this simple, it was this basic. They just planned on wearing rainbow colored things. Yeah. To school. And, it, and it wasn't, and that's it. And it wasn't a protest. It, it was, wasn't, it wasn't was no like the, 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 the sign or the, what, the flyer that was being handed out it characterized like on part of it, it was like LGBT activists are protesting the church's teachings. And it's no, that's not what people were doing. They were wearing fucking rainbow shirts, rainbow clothes, 
to let other LGBTQ plus people know that they are welcome there, that they are safe there. And supported, and yeah, loved. and loved, yes. It, it wasn't a protest at all. Yep. It wasn't just queer students either. It was just- And allies, yeah. Students, to, students uh, any ally or gay student to be able to say, we're here, we're human beings, and you need to recognize yeah. us as such. So um, I didn't realize this was gonna happen, but then this week, the, so again, Utah is such a special place. Utah. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> uh, we love, love you. you. That's such a bad I'm pretty song. sure that's <laughs> in the hymn book, too. Isn't that in the hymn book, the know. church hymn book? But there's a giant white letter Y, all caps, on the mountain in Provo. Okay, so if all that white. sounds really weird to you, that's just Utah. There's a giant Utah and so, Idaho have this thing where they away. like. It's like what, these letters, a couple hundred feet tall or something like that. Yeah. I don't know, but it's huge. And it's up at They're like, all over the mountains in it's Utah. It's probably so, up at like 8,000 feet of It's elevation. white. It's, you know, homecoming, BYU lights it up in white in white lights. I think it's occasionally white. they do blue, right, Kevin? Is it white? I'm pretty sure it's white light. I think Maybe it's white. blue. Yeah. No, it's white. It's white and delightsome for sure. And then... This week, some Is students. It white Spencer. White, white and delightsome. Uh, so right. delightsome. White and delightsome. So some <laughs> students. It never gets old, man. I'm just no. not gonna stop. No. So some students hiked because you have to hike all the way up. And so it's like it a mile plus hike. Fuck it sucks. Like steep. you go to BYU and people are like, "Hey, let's hike the Y." I'm like, "Fuck you, no." So <laughs> I've never been up there. Good, you're not missing out much. So they hike up. <laughs> It's and cement and rocks. They they have flashlights with them in, you know, Roy G. Biv rainbow colors, and they illuminate the Y. And I wasn't aware this was happening until the next day. But right. It Same. was beautiful. You know, it was well, beautiful. They was they beautiful. purposely, they purposely. So the Salt Lake Tribune, a, a local newspaper, ran an article where the organizer, a student, um, talked about it. They purposely kept it very under wraps because they were worried about Desnots and others. What's uh, Desnot? The police. Uh, Tell us about Desnots. We'll let Will yeah. talk about the fascist Desnots in a little bit. But um, basically, they didn't want anyone to stop them um, because what they right. were doing was just an expression. And remember that word, an ex a self-expression. They didn't they paint were. this giant Y on the mountain. There, there they was had no vandalism. In they fact, had the fucking flashlights. Yeah. That's the, all it was. Colored flashlights. Colored flashlights. People yeah. called the police on them. So, oh so for one hour, performance for, are oh, such alarmists. Like imagine, imagine just having so much hate in your heart, where you yeah. see a rainbow on the mountain and you call the fucking cops. Are you fucking kidding me? It's interesting too because these two stories of the murder among the Mormons and the Y Mountain manifested themselves in this these like weird outrage moments for Mormonism. People right. were yeah. saying, "How can they allow this on Netflix?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This actually happened. How dare the oppression? Oh, my Netflix yeah. and chill will never be the same. They, they you know, newsflash: this is real. They they want to be oppressed so badly. Exactly. It's yeah. like it's like they go on trek, and they experience like the the hardships that pioneers went through, and they want to have that same sort of oppression. What the fuck? Like oh my god, it pisses me off so yeah. much. In my mind, because we were talking about Netflix, 
I thought you said they go on Shrek. And I was like, <laughs> what? They go on Shrek. They Pioneer on Shrek. Shrek. They just watch Pioneer all three Shrek, Shrek movies. <laughs> Jack off. That would, be, that would be just as bad, honestly. I don't think I could get off on Shrek. But... <laughs> Um, but I, difficult, Cameron, but you can Cameron probably Diaz pull it out. Stubble. Stubble. You're right, Will. They want to be oppressed. Absolutely, they, do. they revel in it. They love it. It's in their history, People right? Like, the so they, they yeah. So, all all yeah. because some some gay people wanted turned wanted on flashlights. Press. They turned on flashlights, but but luckily, from what I saw, luckily most people were wearing rainbow they're super supportive like every everybody in utah valley was super supportive they were posting what was the turnout for the rainbow that are the umbrella crowd i didn't really I, see I heard it was like part. a handful yeah. and there were more people carrying rainbow umbrellas yes. to counteract it um, nice. here's the beautiful thing um and it's not it's it's completely shitty 100 percent mm. shitty but I find it beautiful because it, whenever anyone shows their true colors, I actually like seeing that. Yeah. So my, my Facebook feed, my Instagram feed, my Twitter feed was full of images of this giant Y on the mountain. Everybody in the valley seeing it. They were so excited. So many yeah. Mormons. So many Mormons yeah. like, oh, this is beautiful. We love this. This is incredible. Yeah. Like congratulations we love you lgbtq community yeah. whatever um but by morning so this happened so they had the flashlights on 50 students hiked up and did this it's incredible we'll include in the show notes pictures some pictures um, yeah. and there's some great ones that show perspective kind of to show the students that are holding them um so by morning so they held them from 8 p.m till 9 p.m one hour they hiked down the mountain and then the cops were there when they got to the bottom, but they didn't say a word to them because uh, there was they didn't do anything wrong. A statement yeah. from the police that were like, flashlights aren't vandalism. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing to be upset about. Um, but by morning, BYU had made an official, the official BYU Twitter account made a statement that said, this was an unauthorized use of the Y on the mountain. Yeah. And no and public express or self expression. All public express or all or all public expression on BYU property has to have approval from Pre BYU, prior right? Approval, prior approval. Yeah. So I'm all like, public so, expression. So if I wear my come and go shirt, which probably, <laughs> probably would be frowned upon in, in on campus. But if I wear this, is this a public expression? If I wear a Nike T-shirt, is that, that a gas expression? station has to know what they're doing? Right? They know. I'm sure they, they do, know. Yeah. It's like when you go to Beaver, Utah, and you have the "I love Beaver" shirts. Of they, course. They know. They know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The shot glasses. No. Okay. No. What? So. So I am very political, obviously, um, as we what? are. Wait, I know. What? Shut up. It's well, such a big no. surprise. And it, it's. <laughs> It's interesting to kind of follow along the like different uh, like gay activists in this country. And it really feels like the rest of this, like I, I know, I know the LGBTQ plus community, they don't have the same rights yet. They're get they're getting close. We're almost there. Like we got the Equality Act that that, that the House passed. That's going to the Senate. Hopefully, it passed the Senate. It's a great step in the right direction. 
But what a lot of people don't know outside of Utah is that Utah is still like 10, 20 years behind the rest of the country when it comes to society. Which is the opening line yeah, like, of Murder Among the Mormons. Yeah, revelation, <laughs> revelation takes time, Will. Oh my God. It, but it, it, Relativity. It, it's coming all the way from it's close. Not even, it's not even revelation though. It's, <laughs> it's society's view of gay people here in Utah. I know, it's backwards. It's Ducks. so fucking backwards. It's horrible. It really is. But, but that being said, I was really enthusiastic about the response to the BYU yes. activity. Absolutely. And yeah. the, the reality is like my children, my oldest is 20 years old and the rest are teens. My children, and I would say even your generation, well, I guess it's not that different, Will. Uh, <laughs> but, so your generation, Will, um, they don't give a fuck about that yeah. stuff, right? They're like, you're gay, yeah. okay, yep. whatever. You're transgender. Yeah, okay, be, whatever. Like, be awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. it's I, I think the younger generation, I think you're totally right. I think my generation, I Even think a lot of the Mormon kids. Uh said sorry, say that again. I would say I said even a lot of the Mormon even though, kids. Yes. Yeah. Even a lot of the Mormon a lot of the Mormon kids, because we've grown up watching the the whole rest of the media outside of Utah and we're on the internet, and being gay is not weird it's not bad it's normal but here in utah the people who are older than i am people who have kids like your guys's generations it still it hasn't it's not that way for them and i know it's not that way like i know the rest of the country also has its problems i'm saying here in utah like just as beautiful as what happened this week was those students put their academic lives on on the line they did and it's like so like to the rest of the country they might look at BYU and be like oh wow some like gay activists like wore some shirts what's so cool about that no they actually put themselves at risk that they could be kicked out of BYU for supporting this sort this sort of thing so like I I, I just want people to keep that in mind like here in Utah the gay community is still fighting for our rights. There's a reason. So as a former BYU employee, I can speak very directly to this. And as someone, uh, how can I say this without giving away too much, who is very close to someone who is faculty at BYU. And ha I have many, many, many close friends uh, or former close friends who were faculty uh, at BYU or our faculty at BYU. Um, BYU will do everything, not the faculty, but BYU, the organization, yeah. the administration, will do the, everything in their power to punish anyone yes. who is homosexual. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, non-heteronormative, cisgender, like, it doesn't even have to be about your sexuality. It can yeah. literally be about the way you dress. It can be about your fucking facial hair. It can be about your leg hair if you're a woman. It can be about wearing open-toed shoes, for yeah. God's sake. Um, it's that, like, like that's why, like, what people don't understand from the outside, I think, is, like, the, the things we're talking about here are so actually far above 
the low level of abuse and bias and um, threats that are thrown out towards BYU students. Like, I don't even think some uh, BYU students who aren't in the position of being, uh, you know, that, that happen to be heterosexual or cisgendered, um, I don't think they even comprehend that, that those are problems because yeah. they're so fucking worried about, did I shave before I go right. take my test? Like, yeah. I might have a little stubble and wait in a line to take a test at the testing center and have to go back and fucking shave and then wait in the line again like it's such an oppressive place but what i will say is the world has taken notice and they have for a long time yeah as someone who has been close to an academic at byu um there is biases right rightfully so um by many academics in the world against scholars from byu even amazing scholars who are stars in their field, they're frowned upon and looked down upon as a BYU affiliated scholar. I, I wish that would go even further. I like I really think like the NCAA, they shouldn't allow BYU to compete. In so sports. this was a thing. I was just going to say that back before 1978, um, in the kind of early to mid 70s, um, many universities, including um a lot of the pac 10 which is now the pac 12 um actually was like no we refuse to play any sport against byu because they're racist like yeah they're they're openly racist um in in the things that they do and say um and magically we talked about you know Kolob obviously must be a lot further away than mars because it takes <laughs> 10 minutes like it does from Mars for the information to get from Kolob to here. Um, But it took a long period of time, even when many members and even leaders within the Mormon church were like, it seems like we're pretty racist and I don't feel like I'm a racist person. So why are we still doing this? I have a black Um, friend. Why are we doing this? I have a black friend, but um, my my second car is black. Um, but sorry, fat joke. Um, but no, what what it took and what it was he's black. <laughs> <laughs> Why wasn't the MR2 black? <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, if you haven't watched the show, go watch it and then Please watch Murder Among the Mormons. Yes. Murder Among the Mormons. <laughs> but what it will take now is for what exactly what you're talking about, Will. We need fucking conferences and universities, conferences meaning the sports side of it, universities, organizations, academic institutions, and organizations to tighten the screws on them, right? Stand up and say, fuck you. Fuck you. And we will not associate with you. We will not affiliate with you. And then magically the revelation will come. Exactly. Exactly. The revelation will come. And Kolob will Speak not have yet the, again. Yeah. Here's yeah. here's here's why it's important. Um, basically, basically, what it would take is for allies in the high up places, like the people who make the decisions at the NCAA and like all these different academic conferences and journals and stuff. Allies need to stop letting BYU 
BYU. Don't let them compete on sports. Don't let them submit yeah. scientific papers because this is, this is why it's important is because it's not just the institution of BYU that's the problem. Yeah. Because BYU enforces these rules and uh, enforces this oppression onto people making, uh, people just wanting to express themselves. They've created a, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how you describe it. They have created a, a reactionary group of people who we referred to earlier, like these Desnat people, it's not just them. There are other crazy Mormons who want to turn Utah and the rest of the United States, if they could, into a theocracy where the prophet is the person that runs the country and is the one that makes all the decisions and everybody has to follow Mormon law. And Joseph Smith tried that, right? He did. And me and Kevin were talking earlier, Joseph Smith actually had a decent presidential platform. Little little bit of credit to him. The, a bottle of whiskey pretty in bad, every house. Pretty bad. Yes. No, I don't, that wasn't it. No. I was like, really? A 14 year so, wife in every house? Was yeah. that oh, Christ almighty. Ooh. Let's not Jesus do that. Gross. But anyway. But it's important for allies in the higher up places that make these sorts of decisions to put the pressure on BYU because right now there's groups that are forming that are militarizing and they are the ones they're starting to target all all those people that were wearing rainbows they started finding them on twitter and they started uh, uh, harassing them on twitter if you start interacting with desnat people on twitter you will get a fucking army coming after you and they will dox you and they will put your address online i've i've heard of stories where sometimes they'll show up to, to people's doors. It's scary as shit. And BYU is complicit. And that's why allies need to start being putting pressure on BYU. Because BYU loves this. The, BYU is the home of the Desnat people. It's horrible. Let, let, let me tell you, as someone with significant experience, and, and Spencer, I, I'm assuming, will back me up on this because you worked at BYU for a bit. There's so many like high quality scholars and individuals that work for BYU. Uh, so many, really. Um, it's mostly the administration. There, there are some scholars. Ralph Hancock, you can suck my dick, by the way. <laughs> Fuck you and come to my house if you want to and suck it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, we have a history if you can't tell. But, All right. Um, Dude with the funniest Fuck name. You, huh? Ralph Hancock. <laughs> Fuck you, Ralph Hancock. Cousin and to Hancock. John, by the way. John Hancock. John. Just kidding. <laughs> no, Herbie. No, to Herbie. Herbie Hancock. <laughs> uh, you can cut that if you want, Spencer, but it's fuck fine. you, Ralph Hancock. Fuck you. <laughs> um, um, anyway, mostly it's the administration, and mostly the administration is tied to the upper echelons of the leadership of the Mormon church. Like the, exactly. the, the scholars, the academics I know um, are believing-ish to not believing Mormons, if I'm being completely straight. There are completely atheist, um, but practicing Mormon. But you um, have to play the part to get the benefits. You have, and to, you have to play the part. And most importantly, you have to pay that 10% 
plus. And I say 10% plus because it's 10% plus the. Do they gen- pay you 10% more stuff. to like make up the difference? No, or like. No, yeah. no, they don't. You are you giving out more money? It's it's interesting. We've been joking about the time it takes for a signal to travel to Colab and back. But what I found interesting with the. Mm. You know, Kevin and I were talking a little bit about the PR with BYU and how they handle situations like this. But right. one thing struck me, and that is to say, one of the inefficiencies with the Mormon church is that everyone has to kind of wait for the official line. And there's not enough time from the time that the Y was lit up to where, you know, the pressure was building for response. They didn't really have enough time to go through the whole chain and correlation and lawyers and all this stuff to then say, because really it should just be the profit. I mean, think back to Brigham Young and Joseph Smith days, they'd say whatever the fuck they wanted because they were prophets on the earth. You know, now it goes through all this like cleansing and fine tuning and making sure, I mean, focus grouping, they don't have time for that shit. So poor BYU is left their own own devices. And so they say, well, uh, anything that expresses an opinion on campus is is, uh, not allowed. And it's like, what the fuck? This makes no sense. If I wear this shirt, if I wear color whatever like that makes no fucking sense because they have not had the time to get their story straight that's the problem ties back into the mark hoffman thing you know he didn't have time to get his story straight get his shit together so he killed people not saying the mormon church killed anyone this week but well they do this week they They fucking kill people every goddamn week that's okay okay i I will not i will not say that on the <laughs> podcast. but i will say, say they create conditions which have right. led people to take their own lives absolutely or people to hate hate other humans enough to then result in loss of life absolutely right. yeah. that's good yeah because yep. yep. they have a hundred billion reasons to bury us so i, I gotta be voice of reason here <laughs> That, like, that we know that we know for of. real that we know of. it's probably 300 billion at this point. The, the church don't kill us the, the mormon church could literally save so many people's lives it's if they true. wanted to if if they actually decided because they claim they claim that they're not uh like bigoted towards gay people they claim it because they're like well it's yeah. technically as long as you don't have sex and get married, then technically you can be gay. And you don't touch each other. Right. Like, they, if, if they actually truly were supportive of uh, the LGBTQ plus community, they would actually be supportive. And they would put themselves on the line. They would actually start allowing gay people to be married in the temple. They, they would actually save so many people's lives. It's kind of the same thing with uh, the church and uh, black people and the racism within the church. If the church actually cared to stop the racism within their ranks, they would do something about it, but they don't do anything about it. They, you still have all the same racist and sexist and homophobic little uh, rumors that they tell each other in the individual wards and the church doesn't do anything to tell them that what they're saying is wrong, right? Like, like they have, I, I don't know, I could, I could go on. I've been drinking. No, I, I, I agree with you. And I think one of the most unintentional, well, I'm, I'm being very generous in my language here, but uh, 
one of the most unintentionally insidious things that the church does is they pit this idea of your identity and your association with your family against what what they tell you is your ultimate goal which is to be in heaven with god and if your identity comes in conflict if your identity your circumstances come in conflict with that goal it's like what what do i do do i pretend to be something that i'm not or try and quote unquote fix myself so i can get what i really want which is heaven this idea of whatever it is they teach it's fucked up especially when they teach that to younger people and that's where problems come from not and and maybe that's being reductive but i think it's a big problem is what i'm saying yeah amen yeah, you're being you're being fair, and Elliot agrees. Elliot, Elliot, Elliot needs some love. Let's see, Elliot. Elliot is Will's. Pick up cat, Elliot. He needs loves. Elliot Pick up needs the baby. But uh, I will say, um, you are being maybe generous and fair and I, smart. Too generous about yeah. what you're saying. Well, it's smart. It's smart. But True. fuck Ralph Hancock. Um, fuck you, no, Ralph. I just I just googled. This motherfucker, I hate his guts so much. I played racquetball with him once and I kicked his ass, by the way. But um, I'm just looking at his CV. He, 2016, was that right around when gay marriage was? Yeah, yeah it was 2015. Yeah. So he has an article called Love Wins, in quotes, Charity Loses. Um, the Counterfeiting of Love. Uh, the convocations and coming out. Um, he's a massive homophobe who is a political. Uh, I'm going to put it in quotes. A fucking Harvard trained political scientist at BYU. Fuck Harvard. Fuck Ralph Hancock. Fuck you all. I have personal experience with this motherfucker, and he is all that is wrong with BYU. Mm. Uh, the, these are people who have been brainwashed and indoctrinated by the Mormon church all of their life to hate let me repeat that to fucking hate individuals who do not meet the standards in quotes that they've been brainwashed to believe are what god wants right and those standards include the color of your skin the people you like to have sex with the way you like to dress the way you vote the i I can go on and on the beverages you drink and yeah. I'm not just talking about fucking alcohol, which is making me say these things right but, now. But there's no but demand for Diet Coke on campus. On campus yeah. There's no demand. There's no demand. Don't don't make me call out Carrie Jenkins right now because Carrie <laughs> Jenkins can suck it too. Kevin's on a um, roll tonight. Anyway, fuck BYU. I wrote it on, my parents gave me, after I left the Mormon church, they gave me for Christmas one year a fucking, what do you call that? spatula dildo like, uh, i'm like what are you doing what is this motion no uh like for my barbecue uh flipper like a flipper thing a flipper a flipper, a flipper yes flipper, oh yeah. yeah like spatula flipper thing it's a big metal wooden metal thing. one for barbecuing yeah that, that's a byu one and i was like oh. fucking thanks um so i took a sharpie the other day and wrote so on the metal part, it's like the big Y logo. Cut out of I, a Y, I took yeah. a Sharpie and just wrote fuck right above it. So fuck BYU. All the kids um, are like, is that Sharpie going in our burger? 
this? Like, what? <laughs> um, probably, but you won't die. Um, no. Well, you will. Not, dies, not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the cancer, the cancer will come much later from that. But um, no, it, may, it it survived. By the way, I washed it and everything, and it still says "fuck BYU" right across it. But that is my sentiment. Um, to all, when I say that, when I say that. I say that to the people who know I mean it to them, to the academics, to the employees, to the students at BYU who are decent human beings and don't buy into the bullshit things that create hate, that create division among families mm -hmm. like Spencer was just talking about. Leave BYU. Yeah. Don't support them. Right. Don't give them your money in any way, shape, or form. Or your don't, talent, or your, don't, you know. Don't support. Right. I, I will admit right now, I grew up a BYU sports fan, and I, I try not to watch them, but sometimes I still do. Mm -hmm. I'm working on it, and I'll try harder. <laughs> but I'm serious. Don't give them your support. It's mm -hmm. an evil empire. I'm going to quote George George H.W. Bush here. The, ev the, the axis of evil, the evil. evil empire, maybe it's Ronald Reagan, I don't know, is BYU and the LDS church. They are creating hate, division, and in my opinion, creating situations that cause people to die. Yep, it's true. Every I agree. Day. I agree with that. Yeah. And I, I don't understand the obsession with uh, people's sexuality, how they identify, or it, yeah, how they identify themselves. I, I just don't understand. Like, I think just... it says more about the identity of the leaders than it does about the identity of the members, to be honest with you. True. So they're just trying to make sense of their own sexuality, probably, and like, what they've been taught. Like, and they're just perpetuating bad ideas, to be Cause, honest. Because let's be real, like, even if you're completely straight or I don't really know that I believe anyone's completely straight. No. Whatever. Um, my kids will get a chuckle out of that. But um, even if you're completely straight, like what you do in your bedroom with two completely consenting like adults, consenting yeah. adults, like doesn't fucking matter to anyone else. And doesn't hurt they, anybody they, else. They paint this epic picture of God on this planet far away and then like but he cares if I masturbate or if I have sex with right. someone of the same gender. Like, what the fuck? He's got some so, weird hangups, man. Yeah, so is, that's is really he weird. Is that's... he okay if I slap an ass? Is that okay? Like, I don't know. If an ass like, gets slapped I mean, in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? <laughs> I don't know. Mormons feel like they have like the inside track on so much shit, right? Like, yeah, slapping. I think, I, I mean, I, I, this probably warrants a follow-up episode but agreed understanding that mormonism <laughs> one of the what are the core principles or ideas is that they are the arbiters of truth on earth for everyone Ever. similar to scientology where scientology purports to like their core mission is to save humanity mormonism is similar in that sense and in, in that they're trying to save humanity and with that comes this understanding that Mormons have the truth. Everyone else is misguided. And that's what you're taught growing up. The truth is contained within the religion and anything outside of that is not true. Right. That truth comes from a singular source. It's fucked up. And 
yeah problematic in the sense that as we grow as we change as we live our lives oftentimes you're going to butt up against these guardrails that are put in place by your parents or maybe the missionaries brought you into the mormon church or friends and you get you butt up against that and then you have to make a choice okay am i going to go against what i've been taught here and make a choice for myself or am i going to uh, suppress that part of myself in the case of gender or sexuality and how you identify and conform to this system in the interest of preserving this narrative that they have the truth we and, have the mission and maybe that's what created mark hoffman yeah to begin with yeah because he is raised in this culture he goes on the mission he does all the things right all the while he knows there's something wrong there's something devious there's something under like he knows there's something under the surface that he needs to expose right he's raised in a very strict household he house you, know, hoffman. you know a strict religion house hoffman as a on the what is it the signpost outside their front door or whatever like you know, At the very least, Mormonism is a factory for narcissism. And I say that oh, absolutely. not lightly in the sense that we all, like, we are all a part of it. This, this like whole mentality of like, I have the truth. You guys don't, we're better than we are a peculiar people. Like we are set apart and special yeah. and all this stuff that you're fed over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. Hard air quotes on all that stuff. It creates like what I like. I talk about it so off so often. It creates that in out group mentality. Yes, the superiority it, complex. Yeah. It's like it, we are it, better. It te it yeah. teaches them how how you are better. You know, like it it primes their brain to work in such a way where they see things as like good or bad, and like in group and outside my group, like, black and white thinking, in and out group. Yeah, absolutist. Yeah. Yes. We're all a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I it's true. I think yeah. we all still really uh at least I know I struggle with it. Like the it, in it, it takes time. Yeah. It takes time for sure. Do you want to know what else we're all a part of? What? The fucking human race. Yes. And I don't know. If you're watching the video, maybe you noticed that I almost started crying a minute ago. And I don't mean to get emotional. But I have family and friends, close family and friends, who the Mormon church have caused the ultimate pain for. Um, again, this podcast is about having fun and being funny and doing things, but this is serious shit, people. Yeah. The human race is made up of all kinds of people. And right here in this group of four fucking people who live in the same state, we're all vastly different. We're similar in a lot of ways in liking alcohol, obviously, but, um, <laughs> but, um, I will tell you right here and right now that the more of us that stand up for 
not just the Mormon church, not just BYU, but all forms of inequality, oppression, yeah. and judgment, unfair judgment upon people based on their humanity can suck my dick. <laughs> I, think, I, I had to go back to the funny part. The tears are real, but I had to go back no, to the I, funny I, part. I appreciate it. I think no. last time you said something along the lines of like, love is the answer. We need more love. We need more understanding. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In. Let's get closer. Let's let's keep it real. You know. I mean, it's yeah. it's the it's the same thing that I was saying when we were talking about um uh the the episode when we we're talking about like uh sex and stuff where. Like guys need to guys need to start standing up and to their friends. It's it's right. the same thing. We you gotta stop being silent. You gotta start talking about this shit. And you gotta start pushing people to be better. If we're all just like, oh, that so-and-so is just being so-and-so, stop. Stop letting them be so-and-so. Help help them become a better person. It it it'll never happen with a single conversation ever it'll never it'll never happen on twitter but if you continue if you continually create an environment which is more inclusive and more equitable eventually eventually it'll turn into that yeah. but it will never turn into that if everybody just stays quiet and complacent in the way things are now right. it'll never change if we don't start talking about this Right. And the Mormon church is founded on secrets and the keeping of secrets and like the discovery of secrets. Um, and it's the exposure of secrets that will be our savior. Right. Yep. Can't stop the internet. Well, this has been awesome. Awesome. Everyone. Thank you so much for participating. I, uh, we could talk about this for hours and hours more i'm sure it's true. i'm gonna go i have watch, so many things i want to say i know i'm gonna go watch murder among the mormons again and then i have more I questions for belinda because holy shit you know people <laughs> oh <laughs> i have so many more things i wanted to say i was like oh my god i have like this other like whole like uh, diatribe that i want to go off on belinda is the daughter of utah pioneers she's this is true true. you are i was a board member on the granddaughters of brigham young council uh yeah it's like a princess club that they have for descent lady descendants of brigham young um it's the seed of brigham you know they thrive no prolific no you have the secret recipe to the rolls The lion yes, house obviously rolls. yes like it comes out of my vagina it's oh like, like the rolls or the recipe and with that yeah. be sure to subscribe you can subscribe. find us on twitter subscribe 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 you can find us on twitter at thirst pod on instagram at thirst impressions podcast on facebook as well thirst impression podcast and thirst was it thirst impressions dot show yes that's the website where we post recipes and episodes and all that good stuff definitely share spread the love and uh just like brother brigham did if you have any questions comments thoughts definitely leave a comment on the video or podcast (laughs) hit us up you can contact us and find us it's true (laughs) all right go make a white salamander jack off and enjoy your day (laughs) thanks everyone Good night.
Will's like, we started the episode with Will being like, I'm so fucking hungover still. <laughs> and I, 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 I feel physically sick still. You're young though, Will. Will, you're young. You'll be fine. No, I got, I got so fucked up last night. Can we come be part of your dance party one time? Because like that sounds really fun. Oh, you didn't do your alcohol bits, Jesus! Everybody, do it again! <laughs> I know, Jesus. Elliot, shut the fuck up. Everybody, everybody, do their best Shannon Flynn impersonation. It's probably because he has like some malady, like it's like us being assholes. 